3: That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and When I'm wrong, I say I'm
2: wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shit!
3: fans. Your old pal Dave, Dave Damoshek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Dave Damoshek football program. And uh, listen, I'm over the moon because a fortnight from today. 14 days for those of you who don't know what a fortnight is. We shall be watching the New Orleans Saints. Go into Lambeau Field to play the world champion Green Bay Packers in the kickoff of games that matter. Regular season football rank—it's almost here, fella.
1: Boss, I am so happy for Stop this. with to the be. boss though. Listen, it's true though. What? What? I'm, that I'm your boss? You are. All right, People know. So I, and that's why I always say, "Thank you for having me." <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. I'm to I'm excited. See you once what do you, again. But what do you mean these games don't count? Tell Todd Haley that these games don't count.
3: Enough with that. Uh, come on. Where's this where's the self-esteem, fella, you know? <laughs> it's sad already. Actually, this is the time of year where guys start uh, where, where you know, guys start getting exposed and Todd Haley second time in a year he can't shake a guy's hand cuz he he doesn't like it when people score points against his team. Grow up, Haley. <laughs> relax. Um go to a little
1: Wayne concert, relax.
3: Do what you got to do. Yeah. What is the story with that? He, he took he a day to a, off to go, yeah. to go and do that. Little Very way. strange. Yeah. Um, well, like I say, it's episode number 20, and we're going to be talking with uh, Jamie Dukes from the NFL Network. I've loved his work for quite some time now. Going to talk to him. You know, he's a Florida State Seminole grad and mm-hmm. so i want to talk to him about uh they're highly ranked this year and i want to hear what, what he has to say about the canes and that scandal down there do you I'm think excited. he wishes
1: for them to get the death penalty oh not jamie he's too nice a guy like listen i would never say this to jamie dukes face but i think he's the nicest guy on the network is that true yes isn't that fran strange? charles is great too. fran charles is very nice i mean there's everybody aren't you,
3: you slighting other people though by I'm pointing not, out? i don't think so now I feel like you're obliged for your own, you know, for your own good standing everybody, here.
1: Everybody, listen, listen, we talk winners and losers. Teams are better than the others. That All doesn't right. mean that some people Who at bad. the network don't you like? I like everybody. Go ahead, But Dev- Jamie Dukes is Who's the number Who's your least one?
3: favorite personality on the NFL network? <laughs> Necktie <Ty> Milner. <laughs> Former producer and now uh, uh, interim producer, Necktie die uh, behind the glass right now. Number 20. Let's do it. We, do, uh, we start each episode by, uh, by talking about uh, which player wore that uh, number best. Number 20, easy one here, uh, Barry Sanders. Absolutely. Should be the all-time leading running back, except that he lost the will. Mm-hmm. As Gail Sayers told us when we saw him in Canton, he said that uh, that's the runner who he feels the closest kinship with. In, right. in terms of running style, that is his doppelganger. And he said to Barry Sanders, why didn't you get the record? He said, I got to tell you, Gail." I just lost my passion for it.
1: Interesting. And Bobby Ross coach of the Lions at the time.
3: Imagine being so unlikable that it's like, yeah, I know I could go down as the all-time man, but I don't want to be around you. I can't hang out with this guy. Yeah, I don't want to be around Bobby Ross any longer. Other noteworthy guys, a number 20 from uh, from the Detroit Lions, who we, who we talk about a lot as one of the more underrated or more forgotten guys in NFL history, the great Billy Sims, the mm-hmm. Oklahoma product. And speaking of Oklahoma, that reminds me, tomorrow we're going to be bringing in our old pal, the Blue Horseshoe. To uh, from AccuScore, who uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's, blue horseshoe. Yeah, the AccuScore see they they generate ten thousand simulations mm-hmm. of of every game, and they, they're evil computers. But they but they're ingenious with their ability to forecast what's going to happen on all on all fronts in terms of who what teams are going to be good, what individuals are going to have good seasons. So you want to tune in for if you want to hear who. AccuScore, and more importantly, who Damashek thinks is going to be good in each division. We're going to do a proper breakdown of who's going to make the playoffs, um, and uh, and you know for fantasy fans as well. Mm-hmm. The uh, those evil computers do nice work. And uh, the shoe is a is an Oklahoma fan. He's an advocate. That's oh, okay. what reminded me to say that. Can I say um, one thing
1: about Billy Sims? You don't have he to won't...
3: ask if you if
1: you boss. Can say just, something? I don't want to. to overstep my let bounds me, let me here. Get, let me get out of your way. Go ahead. Take no, over. No, no. Billy Sims wore number 20 for the Lions very well. Why did Barry S- Sanders have to come up and take number 20? It wasn't, well, I, I'm not, I, I don't think he wore that number at Oklahoma State. Why? Well, what was, you couldn't pick 21? Right. He was 21. Yeah. you could. I mean, maybe somebody was wearing it, but you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to take, or was it a rivalry thing? He said, I'm going to show the sooner who the best 20 is. Isn't that an interesting thought? We got to track down Barry Sanders sometime and get to the bottom of this. See, you interrupted me to bring that point
3: up. It makes me think that we need to do another episode of what we did a couple weeks ago, the Adam Rank podcast show. Is that what it was called? The Adam Rank Gridiron podcast for kids. Is that what it was called? Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll get back to uh, to that. By the way, you can listen to that show, the show within a show, and uh, and the show you're listening to right now. My brain's getting confused, <laughs> but you can listen to them all on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe there. Um, check out uh, the damnishik. We appreciate you subscribing and commenting mm-hmm. and all that uh, and all that jazz. And of course, NFL.com. You can check out uh, the great Adam Ranks pick six segments mm-hmm. uh, among other things. There, you can read his pages. And I believe. The Damashek blog, which I've been talking about for two weeks now, is going yes. to be up at some point. I don't know when, though.
1: It, this is almost as enthralling as the NFL lockout coverage, where you're <laughs> on pins and needles, yeah. like so many false starts, and we're close. Nope, we're close. Nope. I can't
3: wait. Yes, the Sheck Republic has demanded a blog, and uh, they shall soon be getting one. And uh, one of the things that's going to be up there is, uh, is um, you know, this Cam Newton thing. You know, a lot of noise being made about this Jerry Richardson story that he told Cam Newton, the owner, of course, of Carolina. He told him, don't get a tattoo mm-hmm. while you're a Panther. <laughs> a lot of noise being made about this. And, you know, people getting up on Mount Pius that, I, I you know, of course, I. He knows Jeremy Shockey plays on that team, right? I, well, yeah, that's that's the first question. But I, I get where Richardson's coming from. I don't want to ascend up to Mount Pius. I'm all in favor. Listen, get your tats however you want them. I actually have questions about guys like Troy Palamalu that he wants his hair that long because it does create the potential for injury. Remember right. when Remember when Ricky Williams used to have the long hair out of the back and then mm-hmm. somebody tackled him by it and he complained after the game? How yeah. dare they tackle me by my hair? <laughs> Uh, listen, I, th- I think you're fast, Ricky, and they're reaching out to grab anything on you. And you're the one ha- whose hair is dangling out of the back yeah. of his helmet. You can't really cry about that. <laughs> um, but as long as it's not, it doesn't create a detriment out on the field, I, I, I don't see the problem. Except with Cam Newton, that in puritanical 21st century America... It is—it it does create a—maybe uh, is repellent in terms of marketing, and Cam Newton had a lot of questions about him, of course, coming out of Auburn. Maybe it's for the best for him to cut as clean—a clean-cut uh, a clean cut of figure as possible so that he is embraced and no one has—you uh, know, give give the media nothing to latch on to. I think yes. there's a certain—that
1: uh, the, 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 that sort of seems sensible. And it's—I don't like the hypocrisy because Steve Smith has tattoos. Jeremy Shaggy as I mentioned, has tattoos. But it's his team. He can set the dress code. Yeah. And, and everybody goes, oh, his First Amendment right. And listen, he the government cannot tell him to not have a tattoo.
3: I agree. That's what the it is Amen- his right as the owner. But that yes. doesn't make it right. You understand? They, exactly. It doesn't make it right because it is the owner's right to do but it. But he can do In it. this case, it seems like good advice to a it's, guy who has some question marks about his character and everything else. As I say, Puritans, people up on Mount Pius look at that and say, he's a bad kid. Look, he's got tattoos and he's got law. You know, look, he's got dreads and everything else. So that's the way uh, society operates. I don't know if Jerry Richardson is that old school kind of guy. Like, I don't like these newfangled kids coming in here with all their tats and all that jazz.
1: But there's guys already on the team, as we as we said. I I, hear mean, you. I mean, if it's but if he wants to institute a new policy that says we're not going to draft guys or do anything like that with visible tattoos, his talent pool is going to shrink a lot, and
3: can I tell you something? My main thing is with this is uh, we're we're two weeks out from football. Isn't there something better to talk about? <laughs> Why do we just talk for five minutes about that hooey and applesauce when we can be talking about gridiron? You know, yes. I want to talk about football. Talking ball, talking ball is what I want to do. Um, and speaking of that, I want to talk about uh, the Indianapolis Colts. That's what I want to get Duke's opinion on. Is as a player, do you like the idea? Of Peyton Manning, I mean, I know they they go out. Of course, the big story of the week is they go out and get Kerry Collins, and um, but a lot of people are still saying Tony Dungy among them. Oh, we still think Peyton Manning's going to be in there. Why? Because it's important to him to maintain his Lou Gehrig streak. He wants to keep the consecutive game streak mm-hmm. alive, and on some level it's I mean it's great because we have the Willis Reeds of the world who who come off the bench and inspire their team to victory. um I thought it was great when Phil Rivers in the AFC title game played on a bum knee while his teammate Ladanian Tomlinson saw fit to sit out but there' but they're the two sides of that coin when you force yourself into the lineup because you want to be in there and it can be detrimental to your team. I always remember this is a semi obscure reference. But John Smiley, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher (laughs) before Game 7 of the NLCS against the upstart Atlanta Braves in 91— was that was the ace of the staff that season, and had a had a bum arm going into the game? And skipper Jimmy Leland said, "Are you good to go? Are you sure you're good to go? Because I don't want to put you out there if it's gonna if it's gonna hurt the team." He said, "I'm good to go, Skip. I, I want the ball. I want the ball." And then he went out there and got tagged in the first inning. They went down four nothing and couldn't or went down three nothing and couldn't come back from it. And that was that. And then after the game, he said, "Yeah, my arm wasn't right." Well, then why were you <laughs> out there? Don't go in if you're gonna stink it up and you know it. That's no help to anybody. So but I wait. want to talk to Dukes about whether or not whoa, he thinks whoa. it's a good idea. for. I mean, do we want 70 – if you're a Colts fan, do you want a 75% Peyton Manning out on the field versus Kerry Collins? Yeah, but we harangue LaDainian Tomlinson for saying – I know. I'm conflicted, I'm, re-
1: I'm saying. I'm not – eighty. you know, he's 80% or whatever he was. Yeah, it's
3: tough. All right, but I, I, we'll talk about that in just a second here, but let's wrap up the number 20s. Billy Sims. Uh, well, hey uh, – Uh, neck tie-dye are you now familiar with uh with who rocky blyer is because he wore number 20 do you know who he is the rock (laughs) yeah the rock that's who we're talking about (laughs) so obviously you have become yes interim uh producer uh neck tie-dye in here who took over for uh tie-dye milner a little while ago now you didn't know when we asked you about a month or so ago who rocky blyer was i was outraged to learn that you had no idea and you're not alone. It's not just I'm not just targeting you. It's remarkable remarkable to me that people under 30 who claim to be football fans don't know who Rocky Blyer is. Do you now know who he is? I haven't done my homework. but I told you who he is. <laughs> who is he? I've told you it's not you he didn't have a homework. I told you the
1: answer. Who is he? He's like, oh Bob Yurick played him in his movie. <laughs> you have no answer. You, it, I, was, I was even trying to write that down for him, and I still he couldn't even comprehend that. Do you know what team he
3: played for? Your legendary Steelers, of course. Right, and what position did he play?
0: He was a menacing fullback, wasn't he?
1: All right, good. All right, so that's What number bad. did he wear?
0: Let's go with
1: 37. <laughs> 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 oh! <laughs> Oh my goodness. Not close. <laughs> Do you know what episode the show is? Was it for, for, further off than my AC Green morning number 17? This I, I don't know how you could get much more off than what you just did there. Please. Please. That beat Rodney Dangerfield's four in the movie Back to School. <laughs> I don't remember the four in no, cuz I had that he had that convoluted economic question during his oral final and he goes, "What's the answer?" and he's like Four? <laughs> yes. Um, wow, that
3: was uh, <laughs> that was a stunning, stunning example of uh, kids. The, the episode number, kids. Oh yeah, that's right. That's why they call it dope. All right. <laughs> So, show yourself the door necktie dye That was an embarrassment. Oh, no. That really was that was an outrage. <laughs> Former Pittsburgh Penguins uh, defenseman Mo Mantha, he you know, he might be the worst number 20 ever. Mike Schmidt. Oh, great one. Frank Robinson, mm, Don oh. Sutton,
1: Lou Brock, yep. Luke Robotai. Luke, Lucky Luke. The for I think people my age, the definitive LA king. We actually had this uh, we had this argu- not argument but discussion uh, in our uh, in our video room there about the Kings and everything, some people thought it was Gretzky. I go no, Luke Robitaille was the one true king.
3: Yeah, well he and uh, he he came in in his rookie season and made all sorts of hay with the first round draft pick Jimmy Carson, mm-hmm. who got dealt up to Edmonton, and uh, who also in the wore package. twenty. Jimmy Carson wore number twenty, mm-hmm. really for the Kings then how did uh lucky luke wind up with the number he switched after he left i know an interesting tidbit there um i've uh,
1: yeah i've uh, i've kibitzed with uh, lucky luke on a on a couple of occasions delightful fella and when the when he won the stanley cup with the red wings he brought the cup to la Orange County, more specifically, he brought it down to Seal Beach. I don't like that move. I've spoken out against that
3: before. I think, it's, I think it shows self-esteem issues when you're a fan who goes out to see it because you've never—because uh, your team hasn't won one. Like when uh, Raymond Bork— brought the cup back to Boston, and thousands of people turned out they to cheer. They had a parade there? for it. That's ridiculous. We didn't have a parade for it. Where's your self-esteem? You it don't go You here? don't go look at the state. You're not supposed to touch the Stanley Cup if you haven't won it as a player. If you're a fan, you don't go out and see it until your team wins it. You don't go cheer for Raymond Bork winning it with the Colorado Avalanche. Fat and double fat. Not but here. you know who I feel <laughs> bad for? What's wrong with you? Today, here's what I say. And by the way, so we'll give it to Barry Sanders. He's the absolute best number 20. Although Mike Schmidt does uh, push him a little bit. Lou, Lou Brock. Wow. Come I mean, on. I mean, but Mike Schmidt is the is the best third baseman of all time, right? Is he Mike Schmidt? Top, yeah,
1: but Lou Brock, uh, top three? And, yeah, but Lou Brock, they
3: had this stolen base record. All right. Well, it doesn't compare to Mike Schmidt in overall deeds, it I doesn't? would say. I don't think so. And as you've mentioned before, it's my show, so I win. All right. Now, well. <laughs> All right. I think what we should do, you know, on occasion, at least there, we talk about that Indianapolis situation, the quarterback situation, and especially in the month of August right now there, this, this is time when guys are getting embarrassed. Some guys are are being exposed. as not worthy of making an NFL roster there. There's a lot of guys right now who are deserving of a pity party. And uh, I think we should throw a pity party, and we can maybe do it every week during the season. I like it. We'll see. Um, uh, Today, I want to throw a pity party, though, for Curtis Painter. (laughs) I feel bad for this character. Well, listen, he's the backup. Everybody always talks about that they could, oh, if Peyton Manning went away, then they they, they, they wouldn't win a game. And that's because of who the backup is. And right now it's Curtis Painter. And as if that's not an embarrassment enough that everybody knows that if Peyton Manning can't play that, and he probably knows, yeah, and uh, we're, we are going to be in trouble if I have to play. <laughs> um, I, it, now they go and they and they show the world that that's that they that the organization has absolutely no faith in, in them either. That they go out and they get a retired old man <laughs> who's never looked at your team's playbook. Yeah, he's better than you. Yeah, we know you've been around for a while, but listen, come on, come on we're not really going to play you. So I say this: let's give a pity party for uh, for uh, old Curtis Painter, there, number seven. <laughs> who they got inside Mike Pagel? I think that's who. That's it was. who it was. Yeah, yeah, Arch Schleister.
1: He's like uh he's like the backup quarterback from do you remember the old Helen Hunt movie, Quarterback Princess? No, I don't. Oh, Helen Hunt was the she played a female quarterback of this high school team. Wow, how'd I miss this and one? And the second the second Is this a
3: teenage Helen Hunt when she oh, was yeah, back making uh, what was it called? Mystery island or whatever no, or Mystery yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mountain? Yeah, way back I mean, this is deep. And she played in the they had this incompetent quarterback who was the backup to the star. Who just couldn't play. He just couldn't even tie his shoes. And then eventually they had to throw the woman in there to go play, and she won for the team, blah, blah, blah. You know, lifetime movie probably now. But also, you know Kathy Ireland kicking field goals is the only time I
3: can remember. The only other one. Yeah. Necessary
1: roughness. That's right. Terrible movie. Great movie. Terrible. I think you're wrong there. Uh, what about, you know who I really feel yeah, sorry for? Really, yeah, that, you really. Okay. That's something I else. Like, I like You know else I movies. have to throw a pity
3: party for is your wife, that, that you sit and watch those horrendous movies, and I'm sure you force her to sit there and watch them with you. She enjoys Con Air as much as anybody. Well, I, I, listen, you're Which not going to get any argument from me against Con Air, but I'm talking about the lousy pictures you like, like Unnecessary Roughness. No, and by the way, it's called Necessary Roughness. Necessary
1: Roughness. Yeah, right. The guy I really feel, feel sorry for, Jim Sorgi. So many years, you know, he, so? he, he, was, He's he was out from he was under backing. that stink. He he was he was the backup for Peyton Manning for so many years, and now when it looks like the backup to Peyton Manning will finally get a chance to play, it's not him. And I've always long, I've always been fascinated by Jim Sorgi's mother, and it's been well because you know, no, no, hear me out. Listen, hear me out, because mothers mother. mothers always think that their son is better than the guy who is playing in not front of my them. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, Not my no. mother. Not yeah. my mother either. So they're always like, you know, if my son was... So I always imagined her, you know, out at games, maybe having a few scotches, hanging out and she'd be at a playoff game, and she'd be hanging She's up. having scotches? She's at, a, she's at a Colts game, playoff game, having a scotch. Manning throws another interception. She's like, you know, if my kid was out there, we would be winning. Oh, I'm looking at you up there, Archie, sitting in your little box. I got to sit down here with the real fans, and my boy would win the game. I've had no idea what this woman is like. But I've carved this image out of her just throwing a scotch glass (laughs) at the Manning box during a playoff game. Uh, I feel bad for her. I want to throw a pity party for her. All right. Done and done. And I hope
3: she gets the help she needs, too. Um, but yeah, that's that was my experience in life. People always say, "Oh, must be you know your you know old Mo Damashek and my old man, you know they're they're ultra supportive of me." And people say, "Well, that must fill you with a sense of confidence as you went out into the world." <laughs> no, the opposite. Because as soon as I found out, as soon as I became lucid about how the the general public perceives me, which is not very positively, you know, when I went to third grade, you know, I didn't walk into the classroom and everybody like whatever you do is great, you know. No, the opposite. <laughs> Opposite, you know, and that gives you a false sense. It 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 confuses the brain. Only in those four walls was I a great person. In regular society, you, it, it ends up uh, giving you a chip on your shoulder, making pretty, you have uh, self-esteem issues. I you know? did the
1: same thing. I lost uh, my starting spot when I was a senior in high school in basketball. And I called my dad. I go, oh, you know, this kid, Jeremy McKee, was starting over me. So, yeah, I lost my spot to Jeremy McKee. And my dad looks at me and goes, oh, Jeremy's pretty good ah good player yeah see that's thanks
3: yeah that's that's a different that's the other side of the coin yeah Yeah, my yeah, Mo Damischek. Well, you know, I watched you on the fantasy show on NFL Network. There, that you were the best one. I, why do they need all the other? Why do they need all those other boys out there? Because <laughs> you really know a lot of stuff, and you're so entertaining, and then you're the you're the you're the best looking one too. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, a- Elliot Harrison's a pretty boy, isn't he? Oh no, I mean, he's not. He had, I like. He seemed like a nice boy, but I didn't like his hair. <laughs> so anyway, all right, listen, let's uh, let's get there. He is on the other. Side of the glass. Let's get him in here. The great Jamie Dukes.
1: Dave. Dave. Well, well,
3: well. Will well, well, you look at this, Captain Rank? We really uh we're really doing gangbusters Outdid work here with the Yes. I'm very excited to talk to this fella. Florida State product and uh and longtime Atlanta Falcon. And uh now, of course, you see him on the NFL network. Jamie Dukes. What's going down, Dukes? What's happening, boys? How are we? Oh, oh wonderful. Another Thanks day for coming in paradise.
2: In. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Shaved, uh, you, know <laughs> you could have shaved, though. You know what? You could have.
1: You have my apologies.
2: Okay. I'm hey. just saying, I see you on TV, all dapper, got the hair working, and now uh, a podcast, and you just do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, Isn't it don't don't you, know, it's your you don't know, podcast. Don't, don't you think watch? it makes me ruggedly handsome, though? <laughs> uh, uh, no, not necessarily, but in your own way, <laughs> um, <laughs> well... um, so what are we can talk about?
3: This? You don't want to be too pretty, because then because then it's intimidating to the women. Like Fabiano, I,
2: right? That's, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, that's right. exactly right, who I was right, thinking about with right. that. See, see, Adam and I, we've got that rugged look thing going. Yeah? More, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. We're, we're we're making a habit of not bringing uh, anybody with hair in here. It's it's yeah. giving
2: me some self esteem. Yeah. of my,
3: my I luxurious like man, man. I really right. like that. Thank you, I appreciate nice, that, totally. dudes. So I appreciate it. All right, well, listen, let's talk some football here. And like right. I mentioned, you are a a seminal. What are your thoughts about uh, about all that mess? going on in Miami, does, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about Florida State being a top-five team this year, a return to glory. Talk about, let's first of all, I guess, talk about Bobby Bow- the Bobby bowden uh Seminoles and this new era going on there. Are you excited about the future, or are you more sort of uh, heartbroken that Bobby Bowden exited the way he did?
2: No, well, I'm heartbroken about the whole scenario. Uh, let's look at it historically. And, and first of all, you'll never be able to replace Bobby, but Jim, Jimbo has done a tremendous job. And the thing about it, Bobby didn't lose his edge. I think where, where people lose sight of what college football is all about is recruiting. That's what it's all about. And so what happened with unanimity is you got every team in the country, where Bobby was still there in those latter years, saying, you know, Bobby's not going to be there. Because here's how players think. You Florida's paper is no better than you, uh, Florida State's paper is no better than Michigan's paper. is. No, in other words, your, your degree. Mm-hmm. Quality institutions. I thought you were talking about another kind of paper. Well, they're that, too, because <laughs> it's all green. So, so that's the Miami. We'll talk about the Miami thing in a minute. But I, I thought we were talking about Florida State. But so, so the point to be made is that players go to the school for the guy who's at the helm. Mm-hmm. That's why you go. So when you hear all of a sudden... Well, Bobby's not going to be there, and everybody is saying it. Auburn's saying it. Florida's saying it. Mississippi's saying it. Everybody's saying it. Then the kids have to listen. Mm -hmm. That's where Florida State started to struggle. Bobby's been running a tight ship and a machine the whole time delegating as he should and and as he has for the last 20 years. But the problem was Florida State's recruiting fell off, which means all of a sudden now Florida State's players started to fall off and their production started to fall off. That being said, now you're seeing where Florida State is coming back because they know that Jimbo is going to be the guy there, and he's going to be there a long time. Mm -hmm. And I got to applaud Jimbo for how he handled it because Bobby didn't want to go. And I understand that. And when you love the game, you love the game. Uh, but the class and dignity in which he handled a very precarious situation, I thought he did a tremendous job in doing that.
3: What do you think, though? You think
2: uh, the Seminoles are worthy going into the season? They're on their way back. Again, it goes back to how many number one, how many top five recruiting seasons can you have? If you remember when we went on that 14-year, whatever it was, run where we finished in the top five or something, whatever that was, or never lost a bowl game or something like that. The whole point was we were having recruiting class at the recruiting class at the recruiting class. So now Jimbo's been able to piece together Two consecutive recruiting class, and you have to continue to build upon that. That's going to be the difference in when if Florida State will be able to come back and be that team that it's been, you know, 20 or 10, 15 years ago.
3: What do you think about uh, about those canes, though? Do you think a death penalty is, no, is coming their way? absolutely
2: not. You, you, you can't control boosters. Mm-hmm. You've never been able to control boosters. You've never been able—I mean, the guy didn't work for the school— so how do you hold Coker or some other coach accountable? I, I think it's just the silliest thing. You know, yes, it's bad, but you got to look at what happened, okay? If, if and again, this is allegedly, if whatever happened is true, this is happening all across the country, first of all, because you can't control the boosters. It's happening at Ohio State. It's happening everywhere because you have individuals who love their school and be, are willing to do whatever they feel is necessary within their power to help bring athletes or whatever to their school. This happens all the time. No one wants to admit it, but the reality is, is that there are boosters that are doing things everywhere at every institution. In this country, I know. Well, I'm conflicted on this.
3: I mean, first of all, you know, people love to get up on Mount Pius and say Miami absolutely has to get the death penalty, and I understand where they're coming from. That if they're if they're just you know cheating on and and leading lives of uh, of just absurd, but, but uh, you where, know. But
2: where, but I guess my question becomes is. What evidence do we have? One person's testimony, who's sure. in jail, mm-hmm. okay. And truthfully, and I'm not going to say I believe it from the standpoint of gave them an event, a uh, uh, big Wolf. I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, having been there, it happens everywhere in the country. Where does the university? Why? Where is the university at fault because they can't control some grown businessman who doesn't work for the university? has no ties in the university, with the exception of the fact that whether he went there or just a fan of the school. How do you hold the university accountable for that kind of activity? That's well, what I don't understand. I, I hear you, and listen. There's
3: Sam Gilbert. It goes back to you know to the UCLA days. I mean, you know, he's a well-known booster. I guess it's a, a alleged. Uh, you know, I won't say that. But John Wooden, who's held up as uh, you know the 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 mayor of Mount Pius and you know ran a clean program. But Sam Gilbert was, in fact, uh, uh, you know, well I, well, I won't say in fact, allegedly at least, was sliding the, all those great players that they had during the UCLA uh, Did dynasty. He for the school? No,
2: he didn't. No, I hear you. It. No,
3: I agree with you. That's I, just, right. I
2: get it because some people get this confused. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to be clear about the lines of distinction. If it's someone who works for the school, there's culpability. Sure. Period. End of story. If a coach knows, and you can prove that a coach knows and took part of it, the university has culpability. But if you don't have that proof, that beyond a reasonable doubt, that the coach, whatever, whatever, ha- tangibly was involved in these quote-unquote transactions, in my opinion, you can't hold the schools accountable. And you can't give me this this bogus institutional control thing. That's the biggest crock that there is. Like, all of a sudden, these coaches and all all they're doing is thinking about, hey, you know, I wonder what that booster's doing. Oh, what's this booster doing?
1: It's, it's ridiculous. But they, can't they see the guy pulling up in a, a Range Rover or something like that and it, draws a red flag? Do you, how, the, how, how do you prove, in other words, if if his parents,
2: mom, dad, whatever, whatever, the, the key point being there is you have to be able to prove, okay, that the young man or, or young lady, for that matter, you know, I don't know, um, mm-hmm. is, is involved. And you have to be able to prove that his parents or whomever or caretakers don't have the wherewithal to provide whatever is being provided. So that's what you look at, and and so.
3: Well, I agree, and it's it. it I think it's a good analogy as steroids in baseball is uh, if if. A lot of teams, if not everybody, is doing it. If everybody in college football is cheating, I agree with you. How can you possibly hold one team? How can you destroy one program when when everybody seems to know that it's going on everywhere? But it's like murder, though. Back up. Shouldn't we catch the criminals that we can catch? I don't, is the,
2: but, but again, I don't draw the parallels with your analogy. I, I don't follow that analogy from this perspective. We know... Alumni or boosters are involved in engaging in these activities. The question becomes, how do you hold the university Mm -hmm. culpable if there are no ties directly to a coach or someone like that doing it? I understand the player. If a player gets caught doing something, you take the player out. You know, you remove the player from the annals. I don't even buy this whole thing. You, you know, the, you know, like for example, with Reggie Bush and USC taking the, the, the accomplishments of the school away. Reggie did whatever he did. You know, I, I mean, whether you, some people believe Pete knew it, but the facts are, I can't prove that Pete knew anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't prove Pete knew anything. So you're telling me you got to punish every single player on that team, all those team's accomplishments because of something some some kid did that to me you know it, it's just uh, well it's interesting and but like i
3: say that the the again the broad view is again i you know i can make an analogy to uh, about murder if we can catch uh, it, because we don't catch every murder should we not catch the ones we can or is the better analogy it's like uh, you know people who smoke marijuana. Like, well, that's it's not a, that bad a crime anyway. If boosters are slipping some money to guys who are 19 years old who need the money to get by, is that really that bad? No, a you crime? get
2: no because it's against the quote unquote rules, right? But you get the people you can get, but you don't punish the university because the university has no idea because they only have like 200,000 alum. You know, and there's a thing called you know we know the grades are going down as it is. So their their primary responsibility is to work on academics and, and those kind of things. They're not in the business of policing adults who have their own lives. So where you find these ties to where, and I'm again you know, I'm just grabbing Reggie Bush because it's low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Where okay, you prove that Reggie Bush Bush did something wrong, and actually in this particular case it wasn't even alumni. It was an agent or something, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. The point being is you get that guy and you get, quote unquote, the people. But you don't say a lack of institutional control and hammer the the University of Southern Cal because of some guy, some individual did something. I I just fundamentally have a problem with it. I'm not saying you let anything pass. Be able to prove the ties to the school and the school's lack of, of taking care of an issue. And there have been instances where the schools have been guilty of, to your point, kid drive up in an Escalade, and da-da-da-da-da, and, uh, you know, and he's a scholarship kid, and, and we know his parents aren't working, or mom didn't work, or something, some, you know. There are those situations, and then maybe the school needs to be held accountable for it. But I, I just think that to just willy-nilly just hammer these schools, trying to say that they should have just known because you should just know, it's stupid.
3: All right. Now let's talk NFL football. We're two weeks away. And by the way, I have to take a moment, Dukes, and and comment on this. You smell divine. What's your scent? Um, What's your secret? I, I can't tell you. All right. Well, it's a secret after all. All right. Very good. So let's talk NFL football Mm -hmm. and talk about Peyton Manning specifically. Big story this week. Obviously, Kerry Collins goes over there. First of all, I feel bad for Curtis Painter. What a slap in the face to this guy. Hey, let's get somebody. uh, Let's get an old man who's retired. He'll, He'll be better than you. He hasn't been. He hasn't spent two seconds on our offense,
2: but we'd rather go with him than you. Let me ask you this question. Does anybody in here believe that Kerry Collins isn't a better option than Curtis Payne? Yeah,
1: no, I agree, but I
2: feel bad for the Then why are you feeling sorry point? for the guy? <laughs> I mean, are you going to feel sorry? Uh, hey, this team, and, and this is the one thing that that kind of has always troubled me about Bill Polian. And, you know, and I have to tip my hat to the genius that he is. Mm-hmm. You know, but you've you've always played that Russian roulette where mm-hmm. if Peyton were to go down, it's all going to crash and burn because you had guys like Jim Sorge as your backup quarterback and Curtis Painter. As your backup quarterback. And fortunately for the Colts, that wasn't an issue. But this to me just makes so much sense because look at what the Colts have to work with. Let's just say Peyton isn't ready. Say Peyton comes out. I think he's going to play first game, going to try. Mm-hmm. He may not be able to finish. So let's say still that happens. You got Reggie Wayne, you got Garcon, you got Dallas Clark, you got Mm -hmm. Joseph Adai, you got a ton of talent. You just drafted the kid from uh, B.C., uh, you know, the the big tackle there. You you re-fortified your offensive Mm -hmm. line.
0: Costanza. Costanza,
2: yeah. yeah. You want to put yourself in a position where you can't win anything? Just because, for whatever reason, you wouldn't just bring a decent. I well, listen, I'd say that all the time. It's yeah, remarkable I
3: never that, th- that. The, the thing people always hold up with Peyton Manning and, and how irreplaceable he is is that's what they always say. If you take him off that team, they'd go three and thirteen. Yeah, because they've never gotten a capable backup. Right. There are plenty of guys out there that you could have brought run, in absolutely. that can that can get by. Chaz Batch can get by with the, if if Roethlisberger absolutely. goes. You know, they are decent uh, replacements versus guys like Jim Sorgier or, or Curtis Painter. But what about the fact that Peyton? Manning is going, you know, you say you think he's going to play a lot of people close to him, say that he wants that the most important thing to him is the NFL version of the Lou Gehrig record. What do you think about that? If we assume that he's 70 or 80 percent, if his motivation is at least on I some level. So- the case.
2: I, I don't know who those people are. Uh, I don't I don't believe that that's the most important. Would he like that record? I, I believe he would. He wants the, he wants that Joe Montana record of championships more right. so than consecutive, you know, trophies and things of that nature. So, so I mean, I you know, while I think he wants it, and certainly you want to do that because you want to continue to play, I'm not convinced that that's kind of the driving force behind. It. I think the driving force is how many championships can he rattle off, uh, you know, before he, you know he you know the ship sails off and then the sunset.
3: What do you think about them playing the Houston Texans in Week One? I, I, I Week One in the NFL, obviously, we're all going to be tuned in anyway. Why schedule important divisional games like Steelers and Ravens and like Texans and Colts in Week One when we're as well, as the audience we're going to watch it anyway? And now the the Colts could really be behind the eight ball. Well, that.
2: they played them early last year, if I remember, yeah, right, remember correctly. Right. Yeah, and, and so I, what I would say to that is that how important is the game? I mean, it's just the Colts playing it's not a rivalry. Colts win that division seems like twenty-five years in a row now. <laughs> yeah. You know, ever since Peyton's been there. So there's no rivalry there. It just so happens that, because think about it, the team that actually was closest with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they were mm-hmm. playing the Jaguars, I can see yes in that question. So it, it's it's one of those things where that's kind of how the schedule works out before if, if I'm Houston, you know, you're relishing the opportunity to catch them early because think about it, if Peyton when he's injured, He struggles a little bit. You know, when he had the bursar sack injury, when he had the knee injury, it's going to take him a little while to get used to that fastball again and players breaking on his balls and all that kind of stuff. So, to me, it's an opportunity for the Texans to try to to steal a couple of wins, so to speak, Mm -hmm. early on. I agree. Get themselves in position where they're ahead of the Colts. Make make the Colts have to play catch-up. And so, uh, shame on if you ask me, the Houston Texans, who have shown they're already capable of beating the Colts, mm-hmm. that you don't win that game. Peyton, com- Peyton hadn't been on the field Completely yet. agree, yes. And shame on you if you can't find a way to win that game. I, I just say shame on you.
3: I see. Stealing my bit here, but uh, the shame. But uh, no, the um, what about Chris Johnson? If you're Tennessee, what are you doing uh, with him? I, I To me, I say good rid- Not good riddance, but I say... I... Oh, okay. If it's me, I say to Chris Johnson, thank you for the uh, for the great work, but you're a slightly built guy. The investment that we would have to make in you is going to be too deep, and obviously they're turning the page to a passing-style offense with Jake Locker. Wouldn't they be better, sir?
2: <laughs> At some point, they've been, they, they, they hope that what, that pick what, what is what right. Would, what would make you think that they would be trying to change to a— passing style offense with a guy who completed Because it's the way the percent. NFL. Every well, team now uh, does it. I'm not quite convinced that that's <laughs> what they're thinking when they drafted that guy. <laughs> okay, we're going to turn this thing loose about 42 times a game. I'm not seeing that. Maybe, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe I got up on the wrong side of the pillow. I don't see Jake Locker, under any circumstances, anybody saying, well, oh, we want him to throw the ball 40 times a game. Well, well they, they Blaine Gabbert, yeah. Jake Locker I don't think so. And Gabbert was
1: there. They passed on Gabbert. No, I'm they saying. But what
2: makes you think that they're saying, how do you draw the tie that because they drafted him, they're going to throw 40 times a game? Well, either
3: way, the, he, the Chris Johnson contract that, that I assume he's eventually going, going to... to get, s- just so I you completely understand agree this, with
2: you. there are special players in this league, slight as he might be. Fraction Jackson's a slight player also. But there has not been a more tougher player uh, than Chris Johnson. In this league, when you look at the number of games he's played, missed, number of carries that he's had, and so all I would say is, if they let him go, there's going to be some tough sledding. Well, but if you look at if you look at the the Packers, who obviously win the
3: Super Bowl, and the Patriots, who were the best team in the AFC last year, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and uh, and okay. and I mean the Packers <clears throat> ran the ball I think three times in excuse, the postseason last year. Excuse me. It's more important. So now the ball.
2: we're saying. That either Maddie Hasselback or um, Jake Locker is now in the class of Tom Brady. And Aaron Rodgers.
3: I think 2011. were I, I'm assuming that that this is a a so-called rebuilding season. No matter what for the Titans, right. I don't think that they are, right. are a Super Bowl contender. No matter what. So, so what, I say, it, turn what the page.
2: is what have you seen out of Jake Locker to make you think that he is remotely close to any it's of not those what, two, it's two not guys? It's not what I've seen in but him. They it's like it's him.
3: what it's what the organization saw in him to, to to spend that first round pick on him. Obviously, they assume he's their quarterback for the next uh, half dozen and, years. And at least. we
2: know. With quarterbacks, of all positions, is the one position where you have no idea what you're getting until that guy gets in the chair.
3: And so you like them, so you would uh, encourage them to do whatever it takes to get Chris Johnson. No,
2: I I would say that, and with the dilemma that's at play here, is a $12 million deal or, or more, which they're asking for, which is the franchise caliber, just player deal. And the top running back kind of a deal, where that puts you in that $10 million range. And there's only really two guys we're talking about that are in this stratum, AP and Chris Johnson. That's it. That's it. So that's what they've got to come to grips with. The Titans, and I understand this, are not prepared to put up $13, $14, $15 million for a running back. I don't blame them there. But for that guy, I could see a— Eight to $10 million equation. And I don't know if they're at that point, as in Chris Johnson's crew is at that point yet.
3: Dukes, you're a delight. We're going to let you go. Last question for you, though, as a longtime Atlanta Falcon, best Atlanta Falcons uniform.
2: When we went black with Glanville, you like those the best? Oh, yeah. That's incorrect. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a, that's yeah. incorrect. The
3: red hats with the black jerseys are good. I'm uh-huh. I, I'm open to the red hats, red jerseys. That's the best. Gray pants. That was pretty nice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Alfred one. Jenkins. Yeah, Steve I got Bartkowski. that in my office there. Did you have yeah, that. The one? You wore that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You were there for that one. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a pretty yeah, nifty so.
2: one. Yeah. The black see you understand, The black was slimming. I see. see. I see. I mean, I see. see, It's are personal motivations here. Yes, well, but you're, you're looking guys wild. who look look good in anything. You know, you got a great build and all that stuff. You can wear. That's anything like you me. Want. Yeah, I, exactly. I'm that way. But I, you know, Adam, you should wait. appreciate the fact. That, see, you well, got listen, black got on today. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you should understand these little subtleties. I get you of, of wardrobe. Well,
3: you're looking slim, Dukes, and uh, and like I already mentioned, you smell just divine. Well, thank you. Oh, thank just you. delicious. I'm going to lick my neck. That a bad visual. And I don't want to. As you go out the door, I don't want to leave on a sour note. But come on. Dukes, you don't yes. have somebody else in fantasy,
2: you don't have uh, another person. Don't mention that because everybody, you don't mention don't do that, that, that conversation. Eisen that brought it up, and he's hundred percent right. I, you, look, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, what I, I here's like this you know, unfortunately, you're not as busy. And <laughs> some of the rest of us. How dare <laughs> Don't you! So you can, you know, so you can kind of sit around, look at your little team every day, every five minutes, it kind of. Some of us have to work for a living. Some of us are in demand, have to do certain things. So I'm sorry that you can just you know, hey, go check your look. You checking your team again? <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> How changed. does this wind up with hey. me feeling small, feeling
3: worse about yeah. myself yeah. than you I know, already did? All right, you know, some all right Dukes. There's the door. No, Thank all right, listen. Thanks very much. My for pleasure. Coming boys. I hope we can do it again. Don't be a stranger. Thanks, Adam.
1: You look great. Good stuff out of that dude. I like him. See what I said? The nicest guy.
3: That's still not right, though. He's not drafting his own fantasy team. How dare can... he come on 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 my program and put me yes. down? He yes. can put you down all he wants, but you don't come <laughs> in here and put me down. But I don't care. He smells so good. It's all right. Yes. What is that scent? I got to uh, nose. It's,
1: it's pretty nice. It's it, it's. uh oh. we, we need to sneak into that dressing room over there? It's terrific. That's oh, a good idea, you Yeah. I don't know. Are we allowed in that? wing probably not but <laughs> talk our way in there
3: um all right well listen thanks to jamie dukes good stuff tomorrow coming up we'll be yapping with our old pal the blue horseshoe from Acu score to get uh the computers breakdown damashek and ranks breakdown as well of uh who we're picking right now to win their divisions make the playoffs get those wild card spots all that stuff it's available for you on itunes again appreciate you subscribing there we'll be back with more who and applesauce tomorrow as a matter of fact
0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you when you
2: pull up to game night in the all-new camry but it's actually bingo night
1: mini golf anyone
0: it's a camry vibe the all-new all-hybrid camry toyota let's go places you wouldn't expect to hear that we're america's third best city for beer like this one or home to vibes like this and this